This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Now, let's pick up where we left off. We're Luna. And this, this is Gaotic. Our podcast about absolutely nothing and yet everything, hosted by us homosexuals. We all share one brain cell. Oh my god. I'm Josette. I'm Katie. I'm Naomi. The three of us have been in a band together for years. We've been friends for a decade. And we've been gay since the beginning of time. This week, we have our faves, the wickedly talented two and only Tegan and Sarah. Part one. Okay, so now it's real. <laughs> it's real. It's really happening okay. now. Amazing. Holy shit. Well, I don't want to take over your <laughs> podcast already, but I, my first question is, could you please tell us about sleeping arrangements when you're on tour? Are you still, is it a choice? Like, just for some background, like Sarah and I, we toured for... Price Again, I don't think we should actually take over the podcast. I think no, I'm not. I just no, I, I want to get follow up. I'm just get off my fucking ass here for a second. Like, <laughs> I'm for like six or seven years. Sarah and I toured in vans, and we would share a hotel room. And then mm-hmm. when we put out our album, The Con, like we were going to murder each other. So we finally that was our fifth album, and we were like, we need our own hotel rooms. No more. We cannot share hotel rooms anymore. Where are you guys at when it comes to that? So first off, I'll say we could talk for touring for the rest of this episode, and I would be happy. Great. Um, Me too. Complain. This is all. This um, is actually called Complaints, the podcast. <laughs> in reality. It is. It, it is. is. This is it, the only thing I care about in my life. Complain hour. So I think, not to speak for everyone, but I, I'll try, and then we can- We'll see how we accurate you are. stitch the narrative together. <laughs> I think we- share a room still (laughs) partially for monetary reasons of course and partially because sometimes when people are it's the so the uh, the not ideal thing about sharing the hotel room is sharing the bed that's what everyone doesn't like however i will say when people are alone they'll sometimes be texting if they're in their own hotel room like i'm scared (laughs) (laughs) i I do i do feel afraid i yeah I, I don't relate to that. I, said I like people, being, but I actually like it. I like it always. I I even like sharing you the like bed sharing, with you guys. No, because this is but thing. it's because I'm guys, the monster. You guys want to like you guys like want to touch each other. We don't t- want to no, touch each other. No, we're not touching. You guys have cuddled in the past five years. We broke up. And I now we broke up. And, we, and now yeah, we cuddle in a up. way that's totally normal. No, no. And all, our girlfriends are fine I, with it. Girlfriends, I partners. Love, yeah, par- yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I love you guys. I'll cuddle you outside. Of the bed. I don't want to cuddle with well, you in you bed. No offense to you. It's okay. This is the issue. This wow. is my thing. I'm so fine sharing a room. I just don't. I, I feel confined at night. They know I do. Joe has, has per, the biggest Joe issue. Joe has sleeping anxiety due to the fact I do, that you I do because I roll over a lot and I got a kick. I got I got a kick like for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I also, I mean, I've gotten used to having my 
big bed at home, so I will uh, spread out and I will punch them. Yeah, Katie. Katie's known for violence. Yeah, I'm known for violence. Night but violence. I, but I don't know. We like having sleepovers. It's just fun. I guess I was raised. Did you guys have sleepovers with other? Yeah, but people? I don't. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot because I think about my cousin who's like eleven. I had a. I don't think I would let my kid have a sleepover now. I'm serious, <laughs> Why? dude. Because of fucking sexual fucking predators, dude. Match some it. fucking kid's dad comes up. You know, it's true. Damn. <laughs> can, I just, can I just tell you something as a new parent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My kid is not going to be doing sleepovers with anybody. And it's so weird because Tegan and I had so many sleepovers growing up. Yeah, me too. Girl, especially time. growing up in the 80s and 90s. I mean, like people like that was just like. People were just like, you met someone like next to a train station and your mom was like, that's fine. Go ahead. I'll pick you up at 11. <laughs> and it was just, you know, you could be like hanging out with train hobos. Like they didn't, parents did not care back then. People now are like, oh my God, my parents don't care because they won't let me live forever in their house and like pay my college tuition. I'm like, my mom let me sleep over at a train hobo's house. So, <laughs> so you know how we just said that we could talk about touring for the whole podcast. I really feel like I could ask you guys questions about the gay shit you did in high school for the entire podcast because <laughs> caring about you having sleepovers it really makes me want to say so what happened so what happened there oh I, would, I mean this is the thing you've this seen is the, the show i'll say this i'll say this this is one of the this was one of the sort of like things that i had not really thought a lot about as an adult until we started working on our memoir yeah which yeah. is what the tv show is based on but i remember thinking like you know there's so much like anguish and you know sort of projections from other people like oh my god it must have been so horrible to be you know closeted in high school and you must have just like wanted to die all the time and what a misery like oh god being in the closet and high school in calgary in the 90s and mm -hmm. i was like mm, i got to have sex with my girlfriend anytime i wanted no <laughs> one was paying attention i had sleepovers with girls all the time i was just like yes, okay my girlfriend things. and i are just or my best friend and i are just heading upstairs we're just friends we're just locking the door and just playing loud music and she's just staying here for like 24 48 hours and we're just in here just hanging out as friends talking about friend things it was like it was amazing. And now everybody, like, parents are going to know. I'm going to know if my kid is gay. I'm going to yeah. know. And you I'm going to be like, you can respect. Smell it out. I'm going to be like, respect, but you're not having a best friend sleepover because I know you guys are doing stuff in there. And it's just not appropriate. You're not allowed. Even if I thought it was appropriate, it's not appropriate, you know? So it's just, I kind of, like, feel really, like, fond memories now about high school and being closeted because I guess, I guess what I'm advocating for is people shouldn't come out of the closet so soon. I, right. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what? The sexiest, I agree. The sexiest time about, I'm going to say, I know you agree with me. The sexiest time of being gay is the closeted time. Well, that was the time I was having the most sex. I agree. I would say, maybe it's, yeah, I, I have trouble even uttering the word sexiest. It's a, it's a, it's a marble in my mouth, but I will say yes. that it is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's my frigid issues that we don't have time to get into, but no, I will say get, that we have, we have hours and hours, baby. Let's get into it. Well, I'll just say like, I, I will agree though, that there is absolutely something incredibly intoxicating and tantalizing to like nobody knowing this thing that you know like when we were writing the memoir I got in touch I mean we're really close with our high school friends but I got in mm -hmm. touch with everyone and asked them to like send us anything they had notes journals photos just anything and my best friend in high school who was my first secret girlfriend sent me the journal that we used to write she went to a different school than I did and mm -hmm. 
I would write in it one week and then give it to her on the weekend and then she would write in it the next week. And it started when we were just friends and you can see things escalate, you know, over the months. And it was so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm at a loss to come up with the word to, to like watch this thing unfold in the pages of this journal. And it just, there was no sadness. There was no homophobia. There was no shame. There was just pure joy at having this experience. And, and knowing that no one else knew about it, like I had, I knew about I had, it because well, I literally well, had a bedroom right next to you and I was like, Tegan <laughs> yeah. and Jamie are having sex. <laughs> oh my God. So you, wait, you guys were both fully ha- banging in high school. You were not each other, but other girls. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We, were, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we were having um, sexual relations with other girls <laughs> in high school. And I, uh, yeah. Epic. Yeah. I, I want to, I also want to hold space for the fact that that journal is the most romantic thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. It's, I'll send you a copy. Um, it's pretty great. Yeah. That's maybe that's second book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, totally. Just, just unedited. Just the it's, the cri- it's, it's the bonus package with the Criterion collection. Yes. Well, in, uh, well, I would love, I would devour anything. We've all seen the show and we think it's absolutely brilliant. I'm so grateful to have like a queer show that is just so well done, so well acted, so well written. Thank you. And I, I hope we and get a second hot. season. They are in high school, I will say, but it is hot. Yeah. <laughs> are, are they? They're all legal. They're all they're legal, all legal though. Like they're all adults. We couldn't. We didn't cast anyone under twenty. So okay. Well, okay. thank God because I didn't look canceled. that up before the show. Before I said that, but I was watching it, thinking, "Ooh it's, la la." It's really weird. It was weird to be on set watching. All of the actors are so amazing. All the girls on the show are incredible, and like it was a very strange and surreal and often confused feeling to be sitting there watching people pretending to be you in a semi-fictional version of your high school life making out with other women especially like the tegan character her love interest best friend on the show is this actor amanda fix who plays maya and is mm-hmm. just an absolute like is an astonishing talent will clearly is 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 going to, it's been cast in a bunch of other shows is going to be a huge actor yeah she's amazing and like watching the first day of shooting was the scene where maya and Tegan are in the science lab together and Maya in, in asked Tegan to come sit next to her. And yeah. this was, these were like the first shots that Rayleigh, who plays Tegan, ever did on camera. Like this is her first television experience, first time acting. And the dynamic, like the energy, like you could cut it with a knife. Like they were so into each other right from like, that was like yes. basically the first time they talked. And every time Maya, like Amanda Fix would be like, you know, you know, come sit up with me and like, you know, whatever that whole scene, we were all just like on camera, like all the, everyone involved in the show, mo- most of them are queer women. We were all just crawling out of our seats because it was just so uncomfortable, but also incredibly hot in a weird way. And it like every so time, hot. every time Maya was like, Tegan, that's a cool name or whatever. We were all like, yeah, like it just, it was insane. It was insane and confusing because I was like, wait, this is definitely, to be definitely mean. hotter than what happened in real high school, which is <laughs> way hotter. Like, Do you want to come over to my house and drink a Rockaberry cooler until we're near blackout and then we'll kiss and barely remember in the morning? But that, yeah, didn't dialogue, that dialogue didn't make the cut. I don't know why. <laughs> that does sound like our high school, well, yeah. me and Joe's high school Man, experience. Drink a, a handle of vodka, throw up in Jack in the Box. <laughs> yeah. Were you guys, were you, wait, were you guys, like, so just, 
when you guys were in high school, had you were you already? Sorry, I don't know your full high school sexual experiences. But uh, like, did you well, guys so lay it out? That's what I the didn't get to that paragraph for. in the Wikipedia. But I yeah. just were you, yeah. Were you serious? All joking aside, I mean, what was going on for you guys in high school? I was famously. I was famously clowning it up for everyone in my high school, like <laughs> like cl- clowning for everyone. No one knew anything about my life, and I did mm. have a secret girlfriend for a long time, uh-huh. and I was in love with probably between. 60 to 70. No, you were in love girls. with one other. You no, but I was in love. You fought, you're in love I was with falling everyone. in love every day. You're well, in love yeah. with everyone. With someone new. Women are beautiful, yeah. Katie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going crazy. I knew. I, I knew. I was going crazy. I, I was going crazy. Like, <laughs> like it was. Yeah. It was. But you had some best friends. That's. But, I just want to acknowledge that this is one of the most important fictions about being queer is because every tv show and movie you're only like gay people are only allowed to like one person i assume because straight people are terrified that we like everyone which we do like i don't understand why (laughs) we're only allowed to like one other possibly gay enough person in the whole (laughs) city or village or whatever like Mm -hmm. as soon as as soon as i hit puberty i was like i'll have any girl i don't care like i was like literally i was like in math class i was like maybe it's her and then in drama i was like that girl's cute and then in english i was like my teacher's okay like you know I just was like (laughs) it was like I just was like I was probably I feel like I was just like a normal adolescent teenager who became very aware of the fact that I basically was going to be satisfied there was a spectrum of interest but I was interested in almost everyone and I don't I think I think that you know this this notion that we only like one person and it's very tortured is like not true. There's usually one person we're tortured over sure like there's always like other people who you're like well she's fine yeah, you I never it's so attention you, a new person comes to school. Yeah, you could have a you could you could lose yourself in that for a Falling full day. Yeah. yeah. Well, if someone if someone's talking to you, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we could, no, it's we, like you love somebody, yes. but if someone's talking to you, that's a whole different <laughs> scenario. Experience. Yeah. 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 I don't yes. know if I'm the same way. I don't know what... No, you were a girly girl. Me no, and you were people knew me and Joe were gay. They they you were doing couldn't, You they couldn't they hide if different. you were this gay. Yeah, yeah. You know I wonder if you. I wonder, Tegan and Sarah, if you, if y'all both feel that way, like that it was kind of like I am gay from just like or just like people emanating. being able to. Te- I don't know. It's it's complicated. I I feel people like we talk just about tell. it a lot in the sense of like people mm-hmm. will feel safe doing certain things with you and like fl- act engaging with in flirtatious behaviors with you because they can y'all. sense that you're queer even before yes. you say anything yes and then it's like these girls are acting different around me and mm-hmm. i don't know why and it's making me feel fucking insane mm-hmm. it's a it's um, a vibe for sure because sarah and i have both have a pretty strong memory of being in first grade or second first grade and a group of grade six girls used to come over and kidnap us literally like from what? one side of the school and they would like they were Really Let's give a little bit of context. Tegan just means that there was one side of the school playground that was for yeah, kindergarten, yeah, yeah. Exactly. grade three, and then there was four, <laughs> five, and six who had a more scary, dangerous play set, play st- thing that, and, and they would they take would us, they bring would take us, us over to their side of the school. They they didn't take us to like Siberia. No, <laughs> they they just took us. I mean, I said they were in sixth grade. I mean, like you know, you they said didn't kidnapped, take us and then you just let it dangle there. This is <laughs> this is this is like a podcast generation that's like. And then what happened? Were you almost murdered? Did you end up in a barrel? Like, Got it. We didn't just almost the other side of the. That's it. Nothing, nothing super super traumatizing happened but it was traumatizing enough like our friends eventually told a teacher like something weird is going on because they would it wasn't an option and they were the sort of leader of the group her name was sherry dick which is a 
bad name. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's well, crazy. She, she was cursed her whole life, actually. <laughs> she she has compassion for sharing. Yeah, I, I do. Wait, wasn't her brother's name Ryan Dick? <laughs> yeah. They had names and then their last name was Dick. And which their is last tough. name was Dick. Well, I think yeah. everything. But yeah. Sherry Dick is. That's not. <laughs> it's tough. Anyway, I don't have a clue what the hell happened to these people. I don't even really remember them. I'll tell you what happened to them. Sherry got married and dropped Dick real fast. <laughs> like, real fast. Actually. Wait, what did happen with them? So mostly what they seem to be is just like really fascinated with us. And I'm sure that that was mostly rooted in us being twins. Like we were always kind of sure. older girls playthings, if you will. And <laughs> But it, it was the beginning of what became a trend, which was fascination by mm-hmm. women, specifically women, which is interesting because as we became adults, especially as we became musicians and went out into the world, it's actually men that are really deeply fascinated with, you know, twins, mm. especially queer ones. But mm. but as young people, it was girls that were really deeply fascinated with us. And to me, that had a lot to do with us being different. And at the time, you know, when we were really young, I just thought, oh, it's because we we were really like, we, you know, we were the classic tomboy, you know, cut all our hair off, only pierced one ear, dressed like boys, mm-hmm. you know, like really, really like we're different than, than, than the girls in our grade or, or the girls in our school. And I feel like there was a certain kind of girl that saw that and was intri- intrigued by it. And there was yeah. no language, right? Cause this is the eighties. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there was no vernacular around what that feeling was or how strange it was. But I think we were also fascinated with girls. We were also deeply, deeply, you know, interested in like exploring, like we would, you know, spend a lot of time with our best friend and we would play husband and wife. And it was literally like, you will always be the wife and I am always the husband and I'm going to lay on top of you and tell you what to do. And <laughs> I relate. You know? No, I, I did do that, but I, but I was always verse. You had femme yeah, well, you, you are, from you're, the jump. You're, yeah, you're, you're born the way you were. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, because I think I, I mean, I had a different like high school experience than, than Naomi and Joe. I didn't come out of the closet until like to my family officially until I was dating Naomi. Um, and how old were you? We were 19. Maybe 20. Maybe 20. Maybe 20. Mm. But yeah, I was in college. But yeah. in high school, I got away with hooking up with a lot more girls I think because of this thing of it was just normal to be at sleepovers at a certain point for us it was like you can't come anymore I, I, no, I, I was I was there I was there it's like there were different types of sleepovers there were different types yes. but some of them were like I was like why am I here yeah you some know, of them like, I was like I, I should not be this. involved like people right. are taking their clothes off I'm like I'm closing my eyes <laughs> I do feel like that is like kind of something that I feel like we talk about that on a lot of episodes like there's just there was a difference with us maybe having to do with just presentation but yeah 100 mm-hmm. yeah. but it it is so interesting like the word Tegan that you use like fascination like for mm-hmm. people to be fascinated is so I watched this movie a lot with my best friend we were just laughing about this last weekend I watched this movie all the time with her that's like a really fucking problematic movie called <gasps> It's Pat it's like oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and mm-hmm. and in that film like there's there's this character who is gender queer and there's a cis man who's like actually obsessed with figuring out what pat's genitalia is and like mm-hmm. stalks them and like does everything that they can to try and figure it out and it's clear that like he's kind of in love with pat mm. but 
I don't know, because of like society's function, he can't express that in a healthy way. So he just like goes insane. Have you seen the work? Have you seen Work in Progress? Yeah. We're it's wonderful. It. So, so, it's so, 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 so good. good. So it's good. so good. And that's, I was just thinking about that. Like what a, what a brilliant and sort of just like amazing way to address that movie and that, that, that legacy. I'm blanking on the actor's name, but you know, the woman who. Julia Sweeney. Uh, Julia Sweeney. Yeah, Julia yeah. Sweeney. Like I thought that was such a brilliant way to sort of like make amends to this, you know, to this kind of like troublesome past of like this character that seemed completely fine back in the 90s. And then now we're all just like, oh, my Lord. But, I know. Yeah. Oh, my but Lord. But like also every- at this at the same time, like Pat is kind of hot. I'm sorry, but it's just oh, like yeah. there's a reason why yeah. <laughs> we watched the movie so many times. Like we just kind of liked it. And yeah. I think it's so much of like, I don't know, it's just important to validate like it's actually OK to be in love with people that maybe <laughs> aren't real and are in movies <laughs> <laughs> well i think maybe okay. maybe you're not maybe this isn't quite what you're saying but it's something certainly we talk about especially in our new work you know expanding beyond music is that like representation was so limited and most of it was problematic but we yeah. clung to we clung to it like a life preserver it didn't matter yes. and and to go back and recontextualize it now is so much compassion and empathy and evolution, it's hard because you automatically want to be like, well, I want to distance myself from all these things that I loved when I was young. But like, those were the only things we had. Like even Mm -hmm. someone, I remember chastised me for saying I liked Chasing Amy. That movie, I don't know if you guys ever saw Yeah, even though the ending is fucking- It's a bisexual movie, Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a good movie. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's not a good movie in the context of now. Like, it's problematic. People would complain about it. It, it, you know, it relies on a lot of tropes. It's, it, you know, it's all these things. But, you know, our dad took us and saw that in the theater. And we were in high school. And it was exciting to see anything queer. I mean, we've just, we, it's like, I just always knew something was different about me, but I had nothing to hold myself up against. And so even though the representation was flawed, you know, everything that came into our world just became so important because it helped to start to create like what, who I was and how I saw myself. And but it also, also people, it's also it's what also- drove us to be so homophobic too. Like yeah. we were really homophobic because it was like, it also, and it still happens to this day. There's so few, like it's such a small percentage of, of things that are made about queer people that it's like, you feel like you have to distance i'm doing a terrible job articulating this but it's like you almost hate it like you hate your representation because you're like like i felt that in in tegan and sarah like in the band like so many years when we would meet queer people and they'd come up and be like yeah i don't even really like your music and it's like i could tell that sucks (laughs) but here's the thing is that they felt compelled to. I, i actually had so much empathy like at the time though it's like they felt compelled to say it to us because for a long time it felt like we were the only thing being offered up in their minds, right? Mm. Especially in the mainstream. I and mean, we all yeah. knew billions of bands like in the underground, but as we got more popular, it's like they needed to come up and say like, you don't represent me. And it's like, you're right. I probably don't. And that's okay. Like we shouldn't only have one band get to represent everybody. Like it's not no, fair. We have one band and it's Tegan and Sarah. Eat it, everybody. <laughs> well, and you're going to like it. I mean, no. it tastes good. It's it good shit. so good, you fuckers. Oh, I'm actually going to throw it. Oh my God. We got to take a break because this is a podcast. Good. <laughs> 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. <laughs> Good job, Josette. That was awesome. I, I do. I actually have a question. So what, what was the first piece of media? Was it Chasing Amy that you both felt like what, what was the aha moment? Where you, said, oh, where you said, oh, no. We actually, maybe it's the oh, no moment, not <laughs> yeah, the aha. No, no, we were, I think we like, I just want to also say like, sort of like on the back of what Tegan was saying about, you know, sometimes queer stuff being kind of problematic and all of that. It wasn't, it, it, I think we forget though, that everything, it wasn't like, it wasn't like these movies, It's Pat or Chasing Amy were the only queer representation. They, the, the reason why we feel upset about them now and that they're problematic is because they were supposed to be in opposition of the queer representation that was everywhere else, which was outright homophobic like yeah. it was sort of yeah. like gay people were represented there was gay jokes and innuendo and all sorts of stuff happening in film and television back in the mm. 80s and 90s the the point is is that this was our first attempt as a culture to say oh here's something that is like you know for gay people is like mm. is positive about gay people but like i'll take chasing amy or it's pat over things that were you know we're take we're punching down yeah. you know at queer people whereas like you know it's like it is it's important to remember that these things were made with the queer audience in mind sometimes even yeah. by queer people imagine that and i think you know like it's it's it shouldn't be held in the same you know in the same sort of context as like stuff that really was awful and problematic and was the point of it was to laugh at gay people the point of it was to make them feel bad okay and, so but what was the thing that what was okay your the first gateway? the first things that i rem the first things that i remember it doesn't count but Thelma and louise and then also league of Sexy. their own the movie yeah like yeah. just like anything with with susan sarandon or gina davis oh, like God. hello hello yeah, absolutely. and then <laughs> and like that's a whole subcategory of like just like stuff that made me feel feel gay but like stuff that was actually literally gay we were very lucky to have a mom who was in denial about our sexuality but also trying to be cool so she brought home movies like all over me we saw this movie called when night is falling which is a, i've which never is, heard of these movies i've heard oh, of all over me but oh my god you have to uh, all over me is actually really great and it came it out in good. 1997 and it's awesome it's music oh my related god. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, again, these things have like I haven't watched. For example, I have not watched When Night Is Falling, which to me was like the hottest movie on the planet. <laughs> when I saw it, I just was like, I, I actually feel like a part of my brain like exploded, and I'm still functioning <laughs> with like half of my brain not working. But I did recently. I did. Is, is recently, that the one? Is that the one with the people in the circus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are people listen to this. Listen to this. This is the gayest. This is the gayest thing that you've ever heard. This movie has people in the circus. It has a a lesbian who's a priest. Ooh, oh, wow. sexy. Okay. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the problem. I've now since in in sort of exploring some of again, this was like to do with the memoir and kind of going back and sort of like dislodging like all these like things that had were influential to me at that time. I have read some like think pieces about how problematic that movie is, but again, I'm just saying it was like it was for us. It was the most that's beautiful, sensual, like just I was 17 years old and I just was like, who are these hot women? Where do they live? Can I go there? Will I ever be in the circus? I'll do and it didn't even want to be in the circus. I just was like, I'll join the circus. Is that where they are? Like, I just was like, I was like, I'm an a I didn't know I was an atheist. I just knew I wasn't religious. But like, I was like, I believe in God if I can have sex with a lesbian priest. Like, you know, like I was just like, it was 
changed. It changed my my mind. It really did. Tegan, follow that. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Mic drop. You know, um, Tegan's like chasing Amy. Have you guys? Heard no, this? no, no, no. Because that came. That was also '97. No, I think probably the first time I remember seeing anything queer on television was in in 1994 when my so called life came out and, and was there. Yeah. And the relationship yeah. between. Claire Danes and and I forget what the actor's name who played Rayanne like that they that felt queer to me there was such totally. intensity between them and then like I remember like we grew up listening to Katie Lang and and Canadian when she Legend. was yeah when she was was it Vanity Fair that she was on the cover of with yeah. Cindy Crawford where she's getting she's shaving Katie Lang like that I remember That's seeing the that one. Being like I'm different like, <laughs> I just I didn't, didn't know the words but I was like that I'm t- way too young and excited. <laughs> Something's yeah. happening, you know. What about yeah. you guys? Like, you guys are quite a bit younger than us, right? Like, you're like in your 20s still, or something. Sure. We're me and me and Katie just turned 30. Yeah. Um, oh wow. And we, I feel like we grew up in like, I don't know. I've oh, my adolescence felt like it was full blown conservative backlash from like anything well, that it was happened Bush. in the 90s, and it was just yeah. everybody calling each other fags. <laughs> like, yeah. it was Constantly. just like so dark. But I remember the first like moment that I was like oh I'm different it was actually with a friend of mine had an older sibling who was a lesbian and she like gave me hand-me-down oh, clothes. clothes yeah and I oh, like cool. I was like I was like this it, I I this is crazy and it wasn't even that I I just like I it wasn't that I had a crush on her I just knew I was like her yeah mm-hmm. that's such a cute thing and oh, yeah. I just wanted to be like her and I like wanted to wear her clothes but I then wanna, I want yeah. was the outfit I want something <laughs> to exist like, that's around like I love hearing dykes talk about like other dykes that they were in love with but not in the way where they like want to be with them it's just like I was yeah. in lo- yeah I was there in love in that, that way you fell in love with because it was like they were your yeah. north star Na- Naomi yeah. was mine no well Me and Naomi Joe and I in college yeah, when Naomi was. and I when we started hanging out we were like wow we were in love. We we're, were still in love. Well, especially the first night that Absolutely. they met, Joe, Joe literally said to well, Naomi. I, I was drunk. Joe was like, I'm going to follow you home and I'm going to skin you and I'm going to wear your skin. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is, okay, oh this. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and Naomi said, I don't know if I'll be hanging out with that person again, Katie, but. <laughs> she did threaten to kill me, but it was from a loving place. You know, the thing is when anything that I say is taken out of context, it sounds it's horrifying, bad. but yeah. out of these lips. You'd be, you'd be shocked. <laughs> you know what though? That's so. You know, it's so interesting about that idea too, which is also a very underserved. Wait, the skinning? Uh, no, 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 not the skinning part. <laughs> let's get that's, into the skinning. That's that's maybe that's if we come back to the to the podcast. I yeah. think one of the things that I and this is like you know it's a little tricky because Tegan and I are siblings, but one of the things that I think gave us a lot of confidence in the way like maybe we didn't officially come out, but you know we. We cut our hair as little kids. We were, you know, we spent years being misgendered and it was just, we sort of like plowed through, you know, we were kind of like, this yeah. is how I want to look. This is how I want to feel. But, you know, we really, I mean, if if we had, if Tegan had been like not my twin and not doing exactly the same thing as me, I may not have had the kind of confidence and I wouldn't have had a wingman, certainly going to school and like kids are kind of like, whoa, you look like a boy and you've got short hair. And I'm like, and have you met my brother? I mean, sister Tegan, you know, like I kind of feel like I had this person who was sort of like co-signing for me and it gave me a lot of confidence around what I look like and felt like and, and sort of to tag onto this idea of like, you know, dykes meeting other dykes or like, you know, people meeting other people who kind of like give them this like 
excitement that can sometimes be confusingly like attraction. Mm -hmm. I mean, Emmy Story, who has been our art director since like 2003, I met her when I moved to Montreal when I was 23. And it was exactly that, you know, I saw her and I was, she like, this sounds so crazy, but like, I had never met anyone besides Tegan or me who was like me. Like I Mm -hmm. visually, she looked like me. She was much cooler than me, taller and more attractive and much better dancer and just more sophisticated (laughs) in all the, all the areas. Maybe we should have her on. She's (laughs) amazing. You should. should. You guys would love, you guys would love her. She's amazing. But she was really like, she really was like, you know, she, she, she was living in New York and she wanted to go to McGill because she wanted to get, move to Montreal, get away from her town, be able to come out. Did you guys go to McGill? No, no, no. Okay. But I just moved to Montreal just to like be an artist and hang out. And she was my first friend that I met. And I got such a huge crush on her, which I think I, you know, we joke now that it was kind of confusing because I think we, I was in a dramatic place in my life, which is her type. And then she seemed so exciting and new and thrilling. And then like after a year, she realized I was really stable and a Virgo. And I was like, I think we just are best friends. Like, you know, we just, (laughs) but we just hung on for another four or five years. And then she's remained my best friend and, you know, involved in the Tegan and Sarah universe. But she, I remember going home with her. Her family lived in upstate New York. And I went down with her at one point. We'd been dating like, you know, not even six months or something. And we did the thing that you do where you like look through each other's childhood photo albums and that sort of thing. And I remember weeping, like weeping because her pictures looked like my pictures from when I was a kid. Yeah, She had short hair. She was wearing, you know, dirty, holy sweatpants and like had like, you know, this, this, just this really beautiful smile, but like all her bedroom was just covered in like, you know, genderless, you know, toys and things like, you know, she had a stuffed animal army and like, she just... I don't know. She just looked like me. It was like I'd never seen anyone in the world who was like Mm me. And, you know, and I think that that kind of like that part of the queer experience or whatever is so special. And it's not it doesn't have to be romantic either. It can be that thing that kind of I don't know. I sometimes even feel that about a certain type of guy. Like I'll meet a guy and Mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, God, I'm like having one of those weird gay crushes on this guy because he's like kind of like I want to be him or I want to be in his skin. I don't want to skin him. I just want to be in his skin. I see it in Joe's eyes that she's thinking about our bases right now. He's he's just he's too he's too svelte. I just wish I had his muscles. It's kind of like what people I feel like there is the propaganda going around when we were growing up is like it's normal to have a girl crush. But I feel like I have like girl crushes on men. Like yeah, that, absolutely. That, yes. My girl yeah. crushes were <laughs> not that. Well, there's also yeah. that. That's also the gender dysphoria too, where it's like, Confusing. do I actually just want to inhabit yes. your skin? Yeah, yeah. And exactly. I think yes. beginning, and I think I think I think the generations after us helped normalize that because we yeah. grew up in the era where if you even see, like you were one of two things, you hated men. Like people would just literally be like, so you have a girlfriend? Uh huh. So you hate men? Yes, that's yeah. exactly why I like girls. And then. <laughs> The second thing would be if you did like men, they'd be like, well, you you have penis envy. Like that was the thing. Yeah. You know, whatever. And I remember like starting to to be friends with younger people and even older people in the queer community. And I remember this. I remember this movement or this shift away from those ideas and being like, you know, people being like, yeah, maybe I do hate men or yeah, maybe I do have envy of your dick. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, you know, like, why can't we just admit that sometimes our feelings do fall into those categories a little bit? And it's not envy as much as it's curiosity. 
You know, yeah. like, you know, like a lot of guys, I think when we were, I was growing up, they were, they were into me and Tegan. And when I look back on it now, I'm like, but we look like boys. Like, were, yeah. they, gay? Mm-hmm. were they gay? Like, yeah. why did they like us? It's crazy. But like, I think there was a you guys, I think you're confusion. All, I think you're all really, I don't know if anyone has, I've been going off about this book. I just finished it last night called Feral City by Jeremiah Moss. It's about the pandemic and new, in New York. And he's like really interesting writer. He's, he writes a lot about New York, but anyway, I don't really know much about him other than the book is absolutely beautiful. I can't, cool. I can't recommend it more than I already have. It's just, it's so amazing, but he is a trans guy and he's writing in, in, He's writing about this experience that I had never articulated before, but he talks about how you never really feel at home. Like you never feel comfortable because you're, you, there's just always this sensation that you don't belong. Like, eat yeah. and that, and, you know, I, I, I've like, you know, I think Sarah and I both, I mean, it's why we adopted queer in our early twenties, even when it was like, people were mad at us for calling ourselves queer is that it yeah. always felt, it always felt better to me because lesbian felt too gendered. And, you know, like there is a part of my, you know, identity that is about gender and not just sexuality. And yeah. it was just really interesting to read that. Like, and it's such a beautiful part of the book and I don't want to, I, I won't do it justice, but it was such an interesting moment for me like I'm 42 years old. I've spent my entire adult life talking about this stuff. I'm like, and I'm still uncovering new Mm -hmm. parts of understanding what it is like to be me and different and not, and not, you know, even in a room full of queer people, I'm not necessarily comfortable or at home in my skin, you know? Well, there's so much, I mean, the world where we still exist in the patriarchy and the yeah. amount of internalized homophobia that I feel like I still find myself picking through on a daily basis, like yeah. the self-loathing because I just mm-hmm. felt so different. I mean, I think just all queer people who I don't know what it's like now for for kids, but I mean, even our generation now so much. Yeah, I feel like maybe we're the last bastion of people. Maybe I, 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 that's not true. It may be yeah. the last bastion of people who live in liberal metropolises feeling mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of shame. I, yeah. I understand that there's like religious and other kind of political reasons that young people these days will feel like really sort of trapped mm. in, in that. But I feel like, I don't know, it's like you were living in L.A. Everyone yeah. in my family was like a liberal. Yeah, very yeah. like liberal lefty kind of people and i just i felt i still felt like a fucking monster yeah like absolutely. i felt like a mon- i felt like an actual monster me too I, that's why i, I remember when so i talk weird. about like the phantom of the opera i'm like i'm the fucking phantom of the opera here, <laughs> being gay as fuck yeah you just feel so alone and i and i do think i found it helpful like the older that i the the, the older that i've gotten in the and like learning some stuff in in college about like I don't know, just like that every everyone is performing all the time. And mm-hmm. it's and it sucks that that's like a constant sort of experience that I feel like it we only feel so acutely because it's like from an outsider perspective, like this internal knowledge of the of having an outsider perspective. But it's like everybody else is faking it, too, even with yeah. gender stuff. It's you all also, you also suffered whether you recognize it or not. I mean, you suffered a sort of like cultural dislocation. You don't get yeah. a fun history that you get to be excited about. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't you know, you get a bunch of problematic movies and television that sort of feel like close enough that you can get into it. You know, like this is the, the problem. I mean, straight people just have an abundance of everything they just get to like pick whatever they want and you know I even say I say this with like affection you know like I'm married to a a woman who has what I like to call straight privilege which is Mm -hmm. like she just doesn't have any of the shame any of the like I don't know she's just like she's like 
she's just like self-righteous. Like if somebody says anything even slightly off, she's just like, and we will nip that in the bud and we will write them a letter, you know, like, and I'm just like, oh my God, like what? But she, she just is like, you know, she's just sort of moving through the world. She had everything that she needed to sort of feel seen. And like, you know, as Tegan's saying, like sort of like at home in her body and herself, even though she was bisexual, like even though she, you know, recognized that there was something going on a little bit different, there was enough for her to sort of latch onto that made her feel of the world that she was in. And I think for a lot of us, there, there's a lot of us, you know, back back when we were coming up before that, you know, you guys, even now, like kids coming up now, like if you don't feel connected to the world around you, if you don't find enough of what you need, you're going to always sort of have the sense of like displacement or something like you're kind of like just out of sorts a bit. And, you know, and it, I, I think the only thing and not to sound like all like old person-y. I don't know if it's like you get more dead inside or like less sensitive, but like (laughs) I feel better now. Like it gets better. Like you just kind of you also have like a different kind of like confidence, like even having a kid. I was really nervous that it was going to like really like out me in a new disorienting way that would make me feel upset and whatever. But it's turned out that mostly right now what I feel is like this like unabashed like pride. Like I'm constantly Mm -hmm. like. My, like like we just signed sit up for like a little music class at the community center across the street and oh my god and and my my mom or my mom and my partner's name is Stacy my mom and Stacy have gone and like our nanny took him and that this week is my turn to go and I was like oh Stacy I really want you to come and she was like she looked at me in that way that she looks at me f- since 12 years ago when we got together which is kind of like she's trying to figure out if that's a nice thing that I want her to come with me or if it's because I don't want to do it by myself. <laughs> oh, that, and, I understand. Like, yeah. And so but I was like I really do want you to come because I want everyone to see us being gay together. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone there is straight for sure and it's all just one it's the the mom and the kid that goes and I think it's really cool that we're a gay family and that my mom is gone and that we have also a gay nanny and then we're just going to go and be like gay together. And I'm like, I really want to perform being gay for the music class. And I never felt that way before. I still have a hard time like being gay, like not, I don't mean being out in public, but like I've never performed my gayness in a comfortable Mm -hmm. way. But like with Sid, I'm like, I have one of these babies that you all love so much. It's mine and I'm going to be gay around it. I'm so excited. (laughs) I feel so empowered. It's so fun. I had that experience though with you guys, you know, you you guys touring, you know, the whole world and feeling unsure about performing being gay because to be honest that mm-hmm. is part of the like also as a queer band it's like we are performing being gay every goddamn place we also go like anywhere. whether yeah. you like it or not that is all motherfuckers want to talk about yeah especially absolutely. these days because they want to seem like they they want to yeah. seem like on the right but side safety but that but don't you feel like isn't there a difference between because like i do agree to the one thing that the one caveat i have about me and tegan is that we do we have to like kind of like un cross some of like our own issues with like being sisters in a gay band is very different than just being like gay in a band because we also have like so much history of like people being in like talking to us like are you guys incestuous do you guys fuck do you guys like make out on stage like crazy shit so we were also like our gayness like tegan when she said the thing about not wanting to say sexy or whatever like we really are that buttoned up and frigid because for a long time we were kind of like oh no we're yeah we're gay but like that kind of gay that like is like so sexless and like not, you know, what, well, no, what, you know, I, whatever. I, the word I use to describe it is just it, we're neutered. 
Like, well, yeah. were you guys sexualized? I to that, and so that was yeah. a response yeah. to that. I, yeah. I, basically, I think, yeah, I think basically. also like I, I, I totally resonate with that experience and with being like a bit frigid. Sometimes being around, I don't know. Sometimes when stuff is too, you, little, you'll relate to this. It's like I'm you frigid. feel like, uh, yeah, you feel like <laughs> God, I shouldn't be here, or like just like <laughs> I don't know, some kind of like compounded shame. I wonder. I've talked to my therapist about this a lot, and she she's brilliant and she often describes like growing up as queer and somewhat masculine as if you're like you know born female as being like you you end up having some of the same like sort of intimacy character developments that that have to mm. do with like the same as having had experienced a sexual trauma mm. like needing to protect yourself so so much from what you know that people already see yeah. and like yeah n like neutering yourself or sort of like anesthetizing the the, the yes. sexual part of you because yeah. you you, you want to be safe because it's like yeah. femme privilege I, I my partner is very femme and and like does the same shit where she she'll be able to get away with crazy stuff or like get her way and i'm like i know if i tried to pull that shit that they'd be looking at me like i was fucking insane yeah. and it's just like because what? it's simply i don't know it's like so i'm i'm, I'm really i, I really i'll make her so... go do things i'm not kidding i'll no, make her should. go do stuff i'll be like because you'll that they'll do it for you well also you can feel uncomfortable where it's like like i was just on a trip and i'm like everyone on this beach or in this place is looking at me like mm. i have three eyes <laughs> dude like yeah it, it's yeah. just the fucking truth yeah it's you know what it's so funny that you're bringing that up i was just i just went to mexico with my partner and we went to a resort we've been to many times before and every time we've gone we've gone for our anniversary and we tell them and they mm. do embarrassing things that make you think next time we come we're not going to tell them it's our anniversary <laughs> you know? and like come to your table and sing to you and like you go back to your hotel room after dinner and the room's full of rose petals and you're just like no but set up spy cameras to um, <laughs> no 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 sell it's on a market later <laughs> but we've always one of the things we always say about it is it's it's kind of like a bougie resort and the first time I went like I was really really hyper aware of like how much we stood out you know yeah yeah my my partner's covered in tattoos and, and she, i think she's pretty pa like straight passing but like you know i was definitely hyper aware that people were aware of us but everybody was really nice and people were very curious and i do really well with middle age to older people like yeah. I just you know like so we had an amazing time and the staff was incredible and it's known as a as, as a queer friendly place to go and and we've been four or five times but this last time we went we didn't go over our anniversary, so we didn't tell them it was our anniversary. And we went with a couple that we're friends with who are straight. And I had a really different experience. Like I felt less, like I felt less affectionate with Sophia. I felt like we were, we were presenting more as just like a group of friends or friends mm. who were on a trip with our friends who were actually in a couple. Like it was really interesting mm -hmm. the whole time I kind of tracked it and I, you know, we got talking to a lot of the people who were in the resort at the same time as us and befriended people. And, but I felt more self-conscious about my queerness, having straight people in our entourage. Like mm. I felt less emboldened and they do this thing at the end of the resort. They give you this, like these glass hearts. Is this Tegan, are you pitching White Lotus season three or is this real? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is a great pitch for White Lotus season. Yeah, you guys should just we did the whole trip. Anytime anyone would do something rude, like if someone in our party was like, oh, they haven't brought more waters, we would be like, ah, blah, 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 blah. 
we could do the song. <laughs> like, we were like, you're acting like total assholes. But anyway, but at the end, when you're saying goodbye to the staff, they all come and say goodbye. Yes, it sounds like White Lotus. Fuck everybody. I don't really care. Does. I don't care really what like any of White you think. Lotus. Like I don't like care. So I don't glad. care. Enjoy you get it. You get your success. You get your own hotel room now, we're, and you get to go is, to White Lotus <laughs> Resort. Why don't you rub it in their fucking face? This is really what we need to manifest for us <laughs> vacation yes. from now. Don't worry. You're only thirty. You're, you guys, come on. You're young. Is it gonna be okay? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna okay. be fine. It's all gonna work out. You're you're headed places, kids. So when you leave, they give you these or they give you this like this glass heart and it's in different colors and it's like got the resort i know it actually has the ashes of other people who've gone to the resort and died there just just fucking let me just get through this for god's sake so and every year we've gone we've gotten one and i always bring it home and i give it to my mom she's got this big garden and she hangs them in the garden they're really nice they're like different colors Mm -hmm. and like you know the sun hits them whatever blah 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 i don't want the stupid heart but this past time we went i did note all these different changes, how I felt. I felt a little more self-conscious about my queerness. It was interesting to be in the, I felt less, I felt more self-conscious being with my friends who I love and adore who are straight. Like I felt more visible than when we're, and Sophia and I are there alone. Hmm. But as we're going to depart, we're checking out and they come over and they give me and Sophia each our own heart. Hmm. And I felt really sad because I was like, they're not giving us one. They're giving us each one because they're not put, like, even though we have, we're in one room it's together and this I knew, yeah. like, it was like, it, it was for me, it was like, they didn't know we were queer. That's what yeah. made me feel sad is, is that they somehow hadn't put it together or maybe they weren't sure, but either way, like, rather than leaving and being like, I don't know, it's, 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 and I just, I feel like, you know, the earlier, the question about like touring, like it's, it's been an interesting journey to spend 23 years, we've been touring 23 years and to go from the late nineties to now so much has changed, but there's this part of me that still has to grieve the fact that like, I still am so hyper aware of my sexuality everywhere totally. I go in every yeah. interview and in, in all the, the ways that were perceived in every situation. Like, you know, there was so much focus in the early part of our career on coming out. And it was, there was this moment where you thought that, at some point it would end and it yeah. never ends. Like you'll come out, come out like a thousand times this week. And it's just, it's, a, it's, it's a fascinating thing that just becomes like, well, you have a baby and then you start to feel like a kind of self-righteousness. Like I feel like, seriously, this is the most, and I'm, I feel like Tegan's always publicly had like a much more chill vibe about her gayness. And she, well, I'm fine with being gay. I'm just saying like, it's, it's an interesting no, I'm thing. Not accusing, always- I'm not accusing you. I'm just saying that like, you have not had the internal struggles that I've had. And weirdly having a kid has been one of the most so far has been one of the best things like as a healing, I'm not like advocating, you know, like going out and having a child. We're we're all going to go get somebody pregnant tonight. I mean, I don't know if you (laughs) No, I'm not saying that you're going to. It's a pretty scary prescription if it ends up not working out. Like if you feel worse about your gayness (laughs) and then you have a baby, it is exhausting. So I don't recommend it. But for me, anyways, like if you told me that the that the the sort of anecdote to this kind of exhaustion around my own like endless what feels like an endless journey towards like not feeling bad about myself and bad about the world and my, and how it relates to my queerness and gender. I having Sid has been just so fucking awesome. Like it just makes me feel so much. Well, don't more, get me wrong. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I I just meant more of like, I want, now it feels like we're fighting. I don't know. You don't have to just, I kind of uh, want you guys to fight. don't I, no, I like leave them. it alone. It just, <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys fight? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but I wish it was. I mean, it's. I think maybe sometimes Katie cries if she's really tired. We'll, we'll have dis. We don't. That nothing. <laughs> I would be more scared if I fought with you. I fight we fight all you. the time. We're, we fight the most like sibling. I think gay exes are siblings. Yeah, yeah. that's not yes. weird, and that's no. just the truth. No, There's yeah, nothing weird true. about that. The yeah. way that we get, we also like we're thick as fucking thieves. And we talk on you the phone. You guys get on each other's nerves. But yeah, we'll we fight, get on like, each other's bah, bah, fucking bah, bah, nerves. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, it's like cat <laughs> stuff. I, and I, then we I stop. Don't, I, don't, I, I don't tolerate. If, that's my if thing. If we fight, it's mm. like... Just different. I'm, all of a sudden, I have a well of tears. I don't have words. I have to go and take a walk. And I have to come <laughs> back and look at a wall and say... <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, or or you think I don't like you sometimes. Yeah, the way that I, I do. Like the other day know. when we were doing this, I had to say we're friends. It's okay. When what happened? Yeah, I could just tell that you thought that I didn't like you. Yeah, sometimes I do think that. Sometimes I think that on tour too. Do you guys ever go to like band therapy? Like, have you ever had any? That's we so have. Funny. We, we just, hated we our therapist. Lucy, though we had Lucy Dacus on, and we were talking <clears> about <throat> band therapy. I think I would like to do it again, dude. We I just gotta I'm be not, a better I'm, fucking therapist. I'm not gonna. Yeah, we probably need a better therapist, but I do think like I'm sure. That their therapist is wonderful. Um, I feel like our it, we don't our situation just doesn't really give a therapist a fair chance no, to in one much. hour understand the insane. Well, well I'm sure you guys have once. the same. I mean, like it's the multiple dynamics where it's like the the three of us are best friends. Like when we were saying that, we're not lying. Yeah, like they're they're the people I text the most, and are you also guys we're over work people. Therapized? You guys give them. You're super fucking smart, and like very emotionally aware but mm-hmm. you you've navigated so much in your life you guys have had such thank I you mean, for thanks for saying that by the way thank you for saying that i mean we work really hard at not coming off like goons but we are over therapized <laughs> probably i mean our mom is a <laughs> therapist <laughs> oh my and, mom's a therapist yeah. it's wait is yeah. your mom is yeah. your mom really as hot so as she's on the show yeah not to bring it back to how hot the show is but <laughs> she's pretty she's pretty she, she was she's real foxy when we were growing up it was confusing right. because it's, it's fair casting it's fair casting okay. i think so is she yeah. queer in real life what is her name Kobe, Kobe. No, I, I think yeah. she just gives off queer energy. She has, I think she's she is queer projectable. Claims. She has projectable vibes. There's some I will say this. There claims. was nothing. It was, we went to Toronto International Film Festival, like, for the premiere. And after, we watched three episodes in the theater. The whole cast was there. And then they put, bring us up on stage, you know, to do one of those, like, round table. Like, you know. And I got sat next to Kobe, who is an absolute delight. Is an incredible human being is such a babe in person, is mm-hmm. so kind and generous and has the most wonderful energy. She's so talented. But she is hot. And I don't want to be sat, I don't want to be sat <laughs> next to have, her. Really? Maybe we should have her on. You, you should definitely have, a- have her on. But you don't want to be sat next to her when she's no, wearing a beautiful no. gown and you're in a fucking sweatsuit. I was like, the whole time, I was like a little fucking toad sitting on a stool. And I just was like, get me off this stage. Put me next to the tiny cast members on the other side. Like, it was just, it was beautiful. But I feel like this episode needs to be called, like, Complaint. Girls are too, too hot. hot. They, too are. Hot to close <laughs> they, they are. They are too hot. They, they are. are. It's at times it's you, you just shouldn't be kinds close. Of them. This is, maybe it also is internalized homophobia, but at Sometimes I'm just like, I can't be that close to such beautiful women. Not yeah. because I'm going to do anything, but because yeah. it's put put you on a pedestal. Also, I'm because out here it, praying. It does make it. it, it <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. Praying. You should uh, you should be up there, and I pray to you. That that's the correct dynamic. I want to say episode. I think that the I think band therapy 
I'll say like Sarah and I have been, we've seen three therapists over the course of our career. Okay. And who was the best one? Well, (laughs) this is, this is actually, it's, it's interesting to say because like our most recent foray into therapy wasn't really a traditional therapist, although she is a therapist. She has a therapist background. She actually, we hired her to help us find new management. Oh, and and cool. to help Sarah, because Sarah and I have this shorthand, and we just are brutally impatient with one another. We had grown really, really, really like we were at we were at odds with one another, and we were just everything was so fraught, and it was like we couldn't make a decision. We couldn't even figure out what we were looking for, and we hired her in this capacity to kind of come in and help as like a, kind of more like a career counselor and and sort of like a corporate advisor for our hmm. company and our well our well being, and it was kind of amazing because I always thought we needed more therapy. And then I figured out what we needed was no therapy. And so this woman, her name was Dina. She's still alive. Her name is Dina. And she she would say things like when Sarah and I would regress into arguing with each other, she would become very impatient and say, enough, I'm not your therapist. Or, or, or she would say that. things like, Tegan, Sarah apologized. Can you get over it? And I would be like, Whoa. yeah, okay. Or one time Sarah was crying about something and, you know, we're talking about work and touring and we don't want to do it anymore. You know, we're doing this whole thing or whatever. And Sarah's really emotional. And then Sarah looks at me and she's like, you know, basically says, you know, Tegan's doesn't have any emotion. She's not upset, whatever. And Dina kind of just like leans in to Sarah, like as if I'm not there. And she's like, Tegan's just not that deep. <laughs> she literally told you guys, stop processing, you lesbians. Basically, you guys were like, just make yeah. a decision. She's like, grow up and make a decision. Does this matter? Like, she was like, do you fight this much in your personal life? No. So let it go. Let this shit go. Stop trying to win. <laughs> just make these are decisions that need to be made. These are like, this is your business. Just make a decision. It's just business. And I will say, like, we afterwards told pretty much every band or person we talked to, like, we don't have HR in our business. Like all of us, this is our job. This is our career. We have no infrastructure. We have no resources. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you could call our managers that role, but like, let's be real. That's not, they're not able to do that. That's no. not the capacity with which we, you know, need them to work and and do things. And I, I think it's, it's just changed our whole perspective on what we do to have an outsider come in and say, first of all, have boundaries with each other stop putting so much on each other, but then also to take our side as a collective to say, your industry is brutal. Nothing is fair. This is so much pressure. Your entire adult lives have been about, you know, like to really step in and say like, this is really hard. Like, no wonder you feel this way because they're not taking a commission. Cause like, that's been my biggest thing over the course of 23 years is just everyone else we would go to, to talk about things, managers, agents, the band crew, they're working. Yeah. Yeah. They can't say, yeah, it sucks. Oh, it must be so hard that you're doing well. I think right. that, yeah, that's such a funny thing. Yes. We, yeah. It's hard, but it's funny when people validate that our, the job of music can be hard. It's hard. All. It's hard. It feels like it's like a secret club that pe- that where people actually know that and acknowledge it. Okay. So our conversation with our absolute legends, Tegan and Sarah, was so good that it won't even fit into one episode. Because it was a honker. What? Listen, we'll be right back with more from Tegan and Sarah next week. So just stay tuned. 
Gayotic is a production of HeadGum. Created and hosted by us, the band Muna, but mostly we're known as the famous podcasters from the podcast Gayotic. Our producer is Anya Konevskaya. And our associate producer is Ali Khan. If you want to prove that you love us, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever people review podcasts. We might even pick your review and talk about it if it's a really good and really nice one. You can subscribe to Gayotic on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop on Hump Day, Wednesday, one of the greatest days of the week, baby. That's right. We do this regularly because we have fucking discipline. You're listening to our voices right now, which sound pretty good. But guess what? The face cards don't decline either. So head over to our Instagram at whereismuna and like one of our photos. I mean, truly any dopamine hit we can get is helpful. Meet you right back here next week. (laughs) That was a HeadGum Podcast.